0: Hi there, I'm Cody Wheeler, and this is my podcast, Strong Fear Tasks. I'm a Christian who believes that a relationship with Jesus should impact every area of your life, including your health and fitness. On this podcast, I'm exploring stewardship, the intersection of health and holiness, and offering practical ways that you can steward your body all for the glory of God. I also wrote a book titled Strong Fear Tasks, where I explore stewardship and encourage you to take care of your physical body in a way that honors God And you can get a copy at my website, codywheeler.com. With that being said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Today I'm going to be going through most of the major muscle groups and giving you some of the best exercises you can do for each one. And at the end I'll discuss how to put them together into a workout program that works for you. Now, anytime someone is talking to the masses and offers up the quote, best of something, Your first question should always be, the best for what? It'd be foolish to think that a professional basketball player, a powerlifter, and an 80 year old grandma would all have the same best exercises. And so when I'm talking about best, I'm trying to give you the best exercises for individuals who are, say, beginners to intermediates in their workouts, and are looking for good general health and strength. So first, let's start off with the Monday muscle, aka the chest. Now one of the best ways to understand how to work a muscle is to understand how a muscle works. What does that muscle help your body do? And then if we can work that movement under a load, it's going to help us to target that specific muscle. And so the major function of the muscles in the chest is called adduction, meaning it's going to bring your arm across the midline of your body. So if you think about um, putting your arms out straight to the side like a T and then bringing your hands together, you are adducting your Arms, your humerus, the the upper arm, you're bringing it across your body. So, probably my favorite exercise for the chest is the incline dumbbell bench press. So, while the barbell will work as well and can provide some extra load, I like the extra range of motion you can get from having your hands free to move. It also is going to force you to stabilize a little bit better. Not to mention, I think in general, more people are going to have access to dumbbells than they will to barbells. So, barbells are great. I like dumbbells for hitting this movement. Now another thing you might be wondering is why incline over flat bench. So on the incline, you're basically think about sitting in a recliner where you're not laying down flat nor are you straight up, you're kind of in the middle. And that's what your position is going to be like for the incline bench press. And so what are the reasons that I like the incline bench press? Is because it's going to favor a little bit more of the upper chest so if you you think of where your clavicle is or your collarbone it's going to give a little bit more attention to that part which is going to help balance out the chest from an aesthetics point of view but maybe more importantly being on the incline bench will naturally help you to get your shoulder blades down and back and that's going to increase stability. Many people as they're starting out working their bench press they struggle to keep their shoulders back. They want to lead with their shoulders. And so we often talk about tucking your shoulder blades into your back pocket. When you're on the incline, your body and is going to work with gravity to help get those shoulders down and back a little bit. So for, for someone who's beginning, it's going to put you in the uh, more optimal position a little bit easier. Now, if you aren't into weights, You can mimic this with a push-up as well, so by putting your feet or knees up onto something, this is going to create the same arm angle as if you were on an incline bench. Now if bands are your thing, you can anchor them behind you and below your waist and then perform a chest press and again, you're looking to bring your elbows towards the center of your body with your hands finishing around eye height. Another benefit with bands and chest training is that they provide some extra resistance as you're coming around your body. So, if I were bench pressing with dumbbells, as my arms get straight at the top and they're extending straight up to the roof, there's very little uh, resistance on, on my chest because gravity is just going straight down through my arm. And so, as I come closer to the midline, it's not providing any sort of a pull out anymore. It's not trying to pull my arm away from my body where I have to fight to keep it adducted. Whereas with bands, if I set up my bands properly, as I Pull towards the middle, as I adduct my arms more, it's going to be trying to pull out. So there's going to be a better contraction on the chest. Now is this going to make a huge difference for the average person? Probably not, but as you get into uh, the intermediate stage of your training, this could be something that you look to incorporate, some bands or cables. Now let's flip around and look at your back. Now to say back muscle, Is really oversimplifying things what we call your back is actually made up of 20 muscle pairs with one on each side of your spine however there are typically a few major back muscles we think of when we talk about the back and the biggest one being your latissimus dorsi or your lats and so your lats are going to cover up most of the area of your back and run pretty much from your armpit down to your the bottom of your ribs and connect just about at your pelvis and then they're gonna also run up your spine um, on the middle part of your back. Now, the main functions of the lat are to bring your elbows down and back. And so for this, I'm going to suggest the narrow neutral grip chin-up. And so while the grip won't make or break it, I like the narrow grip best. I find that it helps to keep the elbows tucked to the side um, when at the top of the movement and really allows you to pull your elbows behind your body. I also find this position gives a great stretch at the bottom. Another movement that I love for the back is rows, and specifically band or cable. Again, I like to go with a narrow grip, or sometimes even a single arm row. I just find that it allows me to get the best lat contraction of all the grips that I've tried. And so if you can incorporate some of both the vertical pulling of the chin up and the horizontal pulling of the row into your routine, you'll get a really well-developed and healthy back. Now what happens if you can't do chin-ups? Are you disqualified from the quote best back exercises? Absolutely not. You can take those same bands and you just anchor them up high and then grab them, narrow grip, and go pretty much underneath the bands and just pull that down to your chest. Get those elbows back and down and that's going to mimic the same thing until you can work your way up to a full chin-up. So next let's look at the shoulders. The shoulders are made up of three main muscles sitting on the front, side, and rear of your shoulder. And your shoulder's main function is going to be to lift your arms in those directions. It's going to help you to raise your arm in front, beside you, and get that arm extended out behind you. Now, you can't have an honest conversation about shoulder training without the overhead press. The overhead press is not only great for shoulder muscle development, but it also requires lots of core strength and it does a good job of building the upper back as well just with the the muscles required to stabilize the bar or the dumbbells over your head. To hit the other parts of the shoulders, I think it's best to use face pulls and lateral raises. So face pulls are great for overall shoulder health and good posture, not to mention they help to balance out the shoulder. Lateral raises also help to target the outside of the shoulder and they're going to lead to a little bit of extra width. So from the shoulders, we travel down the front of the arm to the biceps. The biceps are going to primarily bend the elbow and they're also going to supinate or turn your palms up. So if you were standing, um, say, with just your your hands at your side and you turned so that your palms were in front of you, that's going to be part of your biceps working in that mo- that motion, that, that twisting of your palms up, that's where your biceps are going to help. And you can even just see it if you, um, if you flex your bicep muscle out to the side like you, if someone asks you to show a muscle and you just turn your wrist back and forth, you uh, rotate your forearm, you're going to see your bicep, it changes shape. And that's because it's working more. It's go- your bicep should get a little bit smaller. It should contract a little bit harder as your pinky turns towards your head. And so probably the best way to build your biceps is to get strong at chin-ups. Chin-ups are going to allow you a greater load on your bicep far and far greater than other bicep exercises. Another great and underrated bicep exercise is drag curls and this is where you're going to try and drag the barbell, dumbbells or your hands up your stomach and chest by pulling your elbows behind your body. What you're going to find here is it should be a really strong contraction at the top of the movement. And so it's something not a lot of people do, I personally really enjoy this exercise. So as we get to the back of the arm, we come across the tricep, which is responsible for extending or straightening your arm. When we look at an exercise like dips, dips are sort of like a chin-up for the pushing muscles and can provide a great workout for the triceps. I also really like something called bodyweight skull crushers or overhead extensions. And so for bodyweight skull crushers, you're going to stand around two to three feet away from maybe your countertop or some other solid surface that would be Around waist level, maybe a little bit higher to make it easier. You're gonna reach out and put your hands on it as if you were going to do a push up. But now, instead of lowering your chest to the counter, you're going to bend your elbows and bring your forehead to the counter or just under the counter. And then you're gonna raise your body up by extending your elbows. And so, this isn't something that we're not doing a push up, it's you're leaning over onto the counter. And to get yourself down to the counter, all you're doing is bending your elbows to bring, um, you bring your head to the counter or think about bringing your head towards your hands and then you're going to push away by extending your elbow. These are super difficult but they are a great tricep workout. And if you have something like a TRX or gymnastics rings you can also uh, use those really well for this exercise. So we'll now be taking our tour to the lower body. And so we, when we think of lower body training, the first two exercises that should come to mind are barbell squats and deadlifts because these can be great exercises. But I think what, what's happened is they fell out of favor for a long time because of the perceived risk of injury. And then thanks to uh, groups like CrossFit, they've really come back into, uh, into popularity and into the mainstream. And you'll see far more people doing these exercises than you may have um, a decade or two ago. Now, with these exercises, I think that they certainly have a place in many people's workout programs. However, I don't think that every person should, nor does every person need to do these exact movements. I think squats and deadlifts are great if you're really just trying to keep things simple. If you just want a few exercises to do, squats and deadlifts are going to give you a tremendous bang for your buck. But what I've also found is that after a certain point the risk to reward of these movements it's just not worth it for most people. See, I've met almost nobody who, do, who can do either of these movements with great form. And so these are two movements that allow you to progress to a, a lot of weight quite quickly in most circumstances. And so if you are using a lot of weight with improper form, you're really just setting yourself up for an injury. And so what I would suggest is before you start training heavy deadlifts and heavy uh, barbell back squats, is that you find someone available to critique your form and maybe even just coach you through it for a couple of sessions. So as I get into my suggestions for the best lower body exercises, you're going to see a lot of influence from Ben Patrick, AKA the Knees Over Toes guy. He's kind of skyrocketed to popularity on YouTube and he's been someone that as I've learned more about him, I'm not necessarily so interested in some of the science that he puts out, I'm just interested in the fact that his movements seem to be very longevity focused, which is what I'm really looking for when it comes to my overall training. I also like that all of his movements are very scalable and so he has ways to make everything harder and ways to make everything easier. And so whether you are a beginner, whether you have lower body issues or whether you are an elite athlete, there's something that you can do from lots of the exercises that he puts out. And so let's start with the quadriceps or the quads or the front of your upper legs. And so these are going to act as the tricep of the leg. And so they're gonna be responsible for extending or straightening your leg. And so when it comes to the quads, I have three main exercises that I prefer over others. And so first, I really like the slant board squat. And this is where your heels are elevated on either a slant board or maybe some extra weight plates or just something else that's solid. So you're going to put your heels up on something. And this is gonna help most people get into a better range of motion. And it's going to target the quad area right around the knee. And it's really going to help to protect that knee and to um, build the muscles just, or specifically around the knee. Um, now with a slant board, you can buy them, they're pretty expensive. I managed to build my own and I am far from a carpenter and so within about 20 minutes and some scrap wood, I have um, a slant board that I can now use. I actually built two of them so I could bring one to work just in case I wanted to do some work there. Um, but they're certainly not hard to make and you can find, I'll try and link up um, a, uh, a link to where I found my instructions in the show notes in case you want to build one. Another great exercise is the Bulgarian split squat. And so this is where you put one foot up on something um, that would be maybe knee height at the most, probably a little bit lower, and you're gonna put it up behind you and then you're gonna squat down on one leg. So it looks a bit like a a single leg lunge where your back leg is up on something, it's a little bit elevated. Now I have two little tips that are gonna help with the Bulgarian split squat. My first tip is to start from the floor. I used to always start at the top of the movement when I was standing, but I always found it tricky to find proper foot placement. And So I find that by starting on the floor, it allows you to get your foot in the proper spot easily and you're not guessing if your foot's in the optimal spot for um, descending in a comfortable position. And secondly related to foot placement, is to place your foot closer to your body to target the quads or further or extended past the knee to target more of the glutes. And so if you're looking to maybe get the front of the leg a little bit more, as you set up in your uh, position at the bottom, you've got your your one foot elevated behind you on something solid, you're going to bring your grounded foot closer to your body. And so the angle from your knee, it should be sort of a a negative angle um, towards your body where your foot is. Finally, a third exercise I like that I wouldn't recommend most people start with but try to work your way up to it is sissy squats. Now these aren't for the faint of heart but I've really enjoyed how these have helped to build my legs without needing fancy machines. And that's the thing with with all these three movements is they don't require a lot of weight, which I really enjoy. I don't love the idea of um, loading up my back with a lot of weight to squat. It's not that I can't, it's not that people shouldn't, it's just I find I'm more comfortable with not having to load a whole lot. So if I can if I can pick an exercise that I can only do um, no more than 10 of without having to do an excessive amount of weight, that's going to be where my preference lies. And again, it's not that barbell back squats are bad, it's just that I think for a majority of people, these might be better. And I think if you are intimidated to put something on your back or it's not comfortable to put something on your back, Or maybe you just feel like it's not overly safe for you to put something on your back. These are all great ways to work around that without sacrificing um, any muscle or um, any potential benefits you get from squatting. Next if we look at the hamstrings. If the quads are the triceps of the lower body, the hamstrings are the biceps. And in fact the muscles that make up your hamstring, they are called the biceps, the biceps femoris muscles. And so the hamstrings are going to be responsible for bending the knee. So just like your bicep and your arm bends your elbow, your biceps and your leg are going to bend your knee or your hamstrings are going to bend your knees. And so one of my favorite exercises for hamstrings is another Ben Patrick special, the Nordic Curls. And these are ridiculously hard, but again, they can be made easy through some simple modifications. And so if you don't have a place to set these up, I also like standing leg curls, which once again is another uh, Ben Patrick special. If you don't want to do either of these things, a third thing that I've found is pretty good is I will take a resistance band and I'll hook it up nice and high. So for me, I'll loop it around my squat rack and then I'll lie down on my back and hook my heel into the um, lowest part of the resistance band and I'll work at curling my foot down towards my butt, getting that full knee bend, and that's another good one too where um, as you go through the range of motion, it gets harder and harder. I find that's really good for learning to feel your hamstrings and to really isolate those well. Our second to last muscle group is the glutes, or your butt muscles and they are large muscles that are going to support your hips and extend your legs behind your body so if you, anytime you're running when you are bringing your leg behind your body that's going to be a very glute dominant movement and so the best exercise for glutes in my opinion is the hip thrust it's great for isolating the glutes uh, to a greater degree than most exercises and it can be loaded quite a bit without having to load your spine as I mentioned earlier I also really like Bulgarian split squats and so all you would do to target the glutes more is make sure that in your bottom position when you're getting set up, put your foot out somewhere in front of your knee and that's going to really emphasize the glutes over the quads. And so to finish off the legs, let's talk about the calves. If you could do some calf raises, maybe some skipping, your calves should be fine. Calves aren't a thing that the average person's probably going to have to concern themselves with. But calves are really simple to train. For some people, they're stubborn to grow, but they're really simple to train. You just need to find a way to get up on your toes and that's going to flex your calf muscles. And finally, getting away from the legs, we're going to go back up our body and talk about the core. I personally rarely actually train my core. I find core training to be really boring. And I think if you're doing proper exercises, if you're doing um, lots of compound lifting, you're going to get lots of you're going to get sufficient work, we'll say, for um, your core simply by having to brace your body. However, if there were two uh, movements I would suggest lots of people do um, would be active planks and reverse crunches. I prefer active planks over regular planks because I, I think for regular planks, I just think they're, for again, for most people, probably a waste of time. You probably don't need to be going for two, three, four, five minutes in a plank. It's just not overly practical, there won't be times in your life where you're going to be needing to be bracing your core for that long, and so could you do it? Absolutely, is it the best use of your time? Probably not, I think active planks give you all of the benefits of a long um, plank without having to take so much time, and then I like reverse crunches, I I just find that they uh, work better for targeting uh, the abs versus a traditional crunch. And so that targets most of the muscles in your body. So now let's talk about putting them together for a workout. So one of my favorite ways to train, and for most people to train, is to do a full body workout. And so if you were going to use this list, what you would do is you'd pick one exercise for each body part, and you would do two to three sets of anywhere from four to 15 repetitions. And you would just repeat this two to three times per week. So pick a chest exercise, a back exercise, shoulders, legs, and arms, maybe a core, and do one exercise for each group, and then maybe the next workout you pick a different exercise, or maybe you just do the same one three, two or three times a week. It's not going to make a huge difference if you are mixing up your exercises. As long as you are stimulating those muscles, that's what's going to matter for most people. Um, you could also set it up as a push-pull legs workout, where on one day you pick a chest, shoulder, and tricep movement, On the next day, you pick one or two back and bicep movements, and then on the final day, you're doing um, maybe a quad movement and a hamstring movement, and maybe some calves. And so you've worked your push muscles, you've worked your pull muscles on a day, and then you've worked your leg muscles on the final day. And You could throw the core in on any of those days that you would like. And finally, you could set it up like a traditional bodybuilder split with a day dedicated to each major body part. And so in this case, you would simply pick uh, the best exercises for each body part and do those on the appropriate days. So on chest day, you would do the chest exercises and on uh, back day, you do the back exercises and that's it. And then again, throwing core in there on either of, or on any of those days that you feel is appropriate. So again, when it comes to the best exercises, we need to define what is best. I do not believe that all of these are going to give you the maximum muscle stimulation or that um, if you just do all these exercises, you're gonna uh, look like Mr. Olympia. But I do know that if you were to incorporate these exercises and do them two to three times per week, you would notice a drastic increase in your strength, in your overall muscle, as well as just your overall health. And so, see if you can figure out a way to incorporate some of these exercises into your current workout program, or as you begin to start a workout program, uh, use these exercises and see the, if you can notice the difference that they make. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, and while you're at it, leave a review. You can find more of my content on Instagram at Cody Wheeler or on my website, codywheeler.com. Remember, you may never be healthy, but you can be healthier. You may never be strong, but you can be stronger. Steward your body. Be strong for your tasks.